0: I'm Ninja Sista and I'm Pandelicious. and this is the AshCast.
1: This is Electric Sisterhood Hood podcast episode number 635. We discuss salami and you know where this is going. Alright, this is Electric Sisterhood, the original girl gaming and anime podcast. I'm Siri, sitting in for Ninja Sister and Pandalicious. Ninja is in Miami, away from the cold weather of New England, but she promises to be back for next week's show. In the meantime, we're presenting a show with clips you haven't heard before. These are snippets you haven't heard because recent shows have run a little long and they just didn't fit, but we're serving them up for you now. The first clip is from episode 628 which was excised from Panda's discussion of the Sims games. Here is a part of that discussion.
2: My job isn't something you can aspire to in Sims. Right. Like, right. the closest to what I do would be, me, would be me, like, being a secret agent for the government. So I decided, hey, I'm funny. So my character in my Sims game is aiming to be a comedian. Okay. Because I think I'm funny, and some people laugh at things that I say and do, so I mean... I've got a funny bone or two, and uh though there is a like tech guru aspiration, so I made my husband that, and literally there are stats and stuff that you have to raise over the course of your life in the original Sims games when you made your character, they were already like an adult, so yeah. you didn't have to do school and you didn't have like a bedtime. And you just. Right, you just spawned as an adult. Yeah. It was get your career. Yeah, and that was it. But no. Now, when you build your Sims, at least in Sims 4, like you can establish relationships and stuff in the creating of the Sim, like the setup. Mm -hmm. So the first time I make me and my husband, I didn't realize that because I was like, oh, and I have to sit here and romance you all over again. And then we have to get married and in the original games you didn't age very quickly because mm-hmm. you it's really funny when you think about this like in real life it's like there's no way for me to have my dream career, my happy husband and a and a baby. I can't do it all. This game is silly. <laughs> but in in the earlier Sim games you didn't age very quickly so you had more time per right. se. But in the later iterations of Sims it seems like unless you tell the game to not age your sims your sims age even when you don't play them mm-hmm. which i did not know uh-oh so you woke up old so i so i was playing this game and we're doing we're doing great and like and i made us adults because you can you can go from you know toddler like baby toddler child teen young adult adult elder so i was trying to live as authentically as possible and i don't consider 30s young adult i think of 30 something as like an adult that's because you're 30 something that's because i'm (laughs) (laughs) bitch um yes but i was like okay so i I made me and my husband because we're we're similar in age i made Mm -hmm. us adults and I was like, okay, so now I'm gonna start this this pathway to be a comedian. I gotta write jokes, I gotta perform, I have to buy a microphone, and I'm like, fuck, where am I gonna get the money for this microphone? And 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 the stress starts playing its its realness at me, and you know that games are supposed to be fun, right? Right. Right, but like, like that's and, a, but that's, that's the thing. Like, be. and I plot it all out, and I and I, I and I do the shitty job to get the microphone mm-hmm. so I could start practicing routines, and you then do the shit day job right. so you could get the money to fund your passion, right? Like in real life, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Because I'm like, all right, I'm like, I'm doing this, and my, and my husband's a tech guru, so he doesn't even have to go into an office. He could just type on the computer all day at the house, and I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, <laughs> you could just start your job, and I can't. But, like, no sooner did, like, maybe two full actual days, may, maybe three, I'll say three, three, like, real me days went through, mm-hmm. and then both of us aged into elders, and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. And like, and once I'm not ready for retirement, right? <laughs> clearly not. But, but, and I was like, oh, I'm like, all right, I'll just go back into the save file and like reduce us back to young adults. But once you've made them and you've played them, you can't do that. Mm. And I was like, ugh. So then I had to go in. Take the save file of my younger selves, the ones unplayed, put them uh-huh. into my household with the older versions of my of ourselves, then delete our older selves and thus all <laughs> the and thus all of the experience. This is very much Westworld? Thank you. Yes, kinda sorta. So then I had to delete the older versions of us, put the newer ones back, and make them younger, which I then did.
1: So it's Uh like, okay,
2: and we start all over, and it's like this weird Matrix meets, you know, Hedgehog Day scenario, and I mean, and very much like in Sims fashion, you know, if your skills aren't very high, then you're not great at things, I mean, that's just common knowledge. My character was initially really good at cooking, because, you know, she cooks all the time, and so do I, and bitches like to eat, and I like to eat, so, you know, yep. always making me that late night snacky snack, and I yep. forgot that this was not my original me, and uh she caught on fire and died, <laughs> and, like... And and the funny thing is is during the whole scenario like it's saying extinguish yourself which I'm hitting the button to do but because she's so incompetent she can't and she dies in her kitchen. And mm. my mm. my mm. husband Sim comes over and like extinguishes us and he's just like kind of sad which I'm kind of glad for that because I actually don't think my <laughs> husband would be in real life. But then the Grim Reaper shows up, which d- did happen in the original game. When, when mm-hmm. a Sims died via, you know, your godly negligence, you people yep. who took ladders out of pools and waited for your Sims to get exhausted, looking at you. I also did that. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> So looking at myself. Looking
2: at myself in the mirror. <laughs> who kills Sims? That guy. <laughs> mm. But the Grim Reaper shows up, and he's just puttering around, and I'm like, can I plead for my life? And I have my my husband, Sim, plead for my soul, and the Grim Reaper's like, fuck no. Well, he doesn't say fuck, but he's like, no. Mm -hmm. And then there's like an urn in the kitchen, just sitting on the ground with my ashes in it, or her ashes. (laughs) And like, my husband, Sim, is like mortally depressed because he has to properly mourn the loss of his wife mm-hmm. so what do i do i go back to the creating a sim i put i put <laughs> you a create newer, yourself again i put a newer version of me in and granted she comes back and i link her up to my husband i'm like now you guys are married and you're in love and it's great but he's and my husband is still mortally depressed over losing his his soulmate and i'm like but i'm right here <laughs> And then he went to work finally one day and I'm like, I gotta get rid of this urn in this kitchen. It's really killing the mood, literally. All right? oh, and no. I take it behind the house and as soon as I plop it in the ground, it turns into a tombstone, which has my name on it. And, oh, no. And, but then my vengeful ghost came back <laughs> and began <laughs> to haunt the house. <laughs> <laughs> And was like fucking up my kitchen. And I'm like, bitch, you died in the kitchen making toast. If anyone should be mad about anything, it's you, bitch, not me. I didn't kill you, you killed you. And then I had to get I had to get my soul exercised. And I and I, I can't. This so I, had, so I had I had to get my husband to mourn, and I also had to mourn. And I'm like, bitch, I didn't know her. Why do I care? But, this is my house now. This my house. So so of course, like that happens. My actual husband sees this. He's like, why is he so sad that you're dead when you're right there? I'm like, cause I'm I'm number two. <laughs> I'm number two. Number one died in a tragic fire. But <laughs> in a tragic toast fire. But I'm here now. He just he just needs to call the sadness hotline, which is something you can do in the game when you're really sad. You can call a hotline and talk about how sad you are. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was it was pretty it was pretty nice.
1: The next clip is from episode 629 when Panda gave a review of Jordan Peele's movie Us.
0: What do you have for the people in the last few minutes that we have of the podcast? Because
2: I've been running my mouth. I've been running my mouth. It's okay. So I saw a movie yesterday. A movie is not a game. A movie is not a game. It's not a game. Well, I mean, I guess kind of. But let let me. I know that we do. I'm going to let. I'm
0: gonna let, let, let you have me, this moment. Let me have this because All right. it's one—it's one of our own doing. Okay, doing. Its okay, thing. okay. I think I know what it is, so I'm
2: gonna let okay. you do this. So, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele, writer-director of Get Out, has released his second movie.
0: I am not gonna see this movie. I am gonna buy it when it comes out on <laughs> digital because I should port my man with my pocket, but. I know what you're about <laughs> to
2: talk about, and there's no way on God's green earth. Actually, I, I, I think you would be pleasantly surprised, actually, if you gave yourself the... You know how I feel know, about jump scares. Y- yes, okay, well... You know now. how they affects me. I know. So here's the thing. You didn't, you didn't see Get Out either, right? No, I own it. I've not watched it.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Because, again, I support with my dollars. Okay, so so here's here's the thing, okay? Because I mean, some people were always like, "Oh, get out a horror movie." And I mean, I mean, yes, it definitely has horror elements in it, but I always thought it was far more psychological horror than straight up like, you know, gory horror or like slasher horror. And coming from that movie, clearly with like a perfect 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and all of the Accolades and acknowledgement that got got out Get Out received that Jordan Peele had a had a standard to rise to and or exceed and exceed rather because you know if if I feel like if the movie I'm talking about which is Us by the way were the same as Get Out that everyone be like oh he's just a hack he doesn't know what he's doing. Or, oh God, he's a genius, sign him up. And I actually kind of feel like he's very much a genius.
0: So, um, what you're telling me is you're about to talk about Jordan Peele's new movie, Us. Us, yes. Now, here's the thing. Cause With I'm, Winston I'm... Duke and Lupita Le- 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 oh. Nyongo, who are mm-hmm. two of Sick my Daddy.
2: favorite human Sick beings. Daddy on in the a planet. Howard sweatshirt.
0: Daddy. Anyway, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, so you're talking about us. I'm yes, going to mute talking. myself
2: because um, I do not want to interrupt what you're about to do. So here's the thing. I actually kind of want to talk more about my speculation about the film and how, the, how that may or may not have actually panned out and what occurs in the film because I don't necessarily want to outright spoil aspects of this film. Granted, I don't even think I could if I wanted to because there's just a lot to unpack. So when I first heard one that Jordan Peele was doing a second movie, I was like, hell fucking yeah. Hell yeah. Pull, pull the shade, reveal the Wizard of Oz to all these unwoke folks, like bring them in, bring them in, culture the fuck out of them, Jordan, do it. So when I saw Us and I saw the initial trailer, which you saw a very um, frightened Lupita Nyong'o you know, being tormented by at first four figures standing in her driveway until it is later revealed that they looked like the family in question, in which the youngest child who's a son says they're us, and that's where it cut. And immediately walking away from that trailer, I was like, Oh, is is he gonna go all W E B Du Bois on us? Is he going to make a statement about the tunis, which if that's not something that you are aware of, you probably might. And you may not have gone you may not have gone to an African American lit course there in college. To summarize it essentially, W. E. B. Du Bois talked about how African Americans have a or develop through their life their crisis, their struggle, and their oppression. This concept of themselves as a pair. So there's the there's the person, you know, on the outside who you know can appeal to other races and can assimilate enough to not incite true, true vehement hatred and like. Res- that would result in like the 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 end of the person, but deep down there is a second version of them that they like their true voice that speaks only on the inside for fear of retaliation on the outside and um i was I so thought he was going to play with this concept, which I mean I think is something that a lot of people in um our particular community and i mean other communities too, so the Tunis is not intrinsically you know solely african american but minorities and cultures of people who have been severely oppressed all sh- tend to develop this tunis like lifestyle and mindset and behavioral course and that's what w.e.b. du bois talked a lot about in a lot of his research findings and stuff that's what i had in my mind going into seeing the show and Right off the bat, I could tell that I was completely and utterly wrong. (laughs) And it... Okay. Do tell. Like, the elegance of all of this, because like I said, the setup was so elegant and refined that I'm like, oh, he's going to say something very poignant, which I mean, and I still feel like Jordan Peele did that. But I also feel like, you know, this was Jordan Peele going... You want symbolism? I'll give you symbolism. And then he symbolismed all over. Like, it was like that whole pimp my ride. Like, I heard you like symbolism, so I put symbolism in your symbolism so you can symbolism while you symbolism. Kind of deal. So, like, every time something showed up in a shot, I was like, I've seen that four times in five other shots. This is going to be important. It's like, oh, I saw that in four shots. That's going to be important. Oh, this thing, I've only seen it one time, but I bet that, like, every time the most miscellaneous thing would show up, in my mind, I'm like, that's got to have some significance. Like, that does, that does, that girl over there, she do. Like, there was no not looking at everything underneath this giant eye of scrutiny, which I also kind of feel is kind of, his thing right now. Cause he knows that people are watching him and he wants us to realize that he's watching us too. So, so that was going on. And like literally throughout the whole movie, I had like, I had my, my thumb, like a check Mark. Like I was thinking throughout this whole movie. So like, while there were definitely elements that were, you know, definitely horror esque, like nothing in this film strongly, strongly, gave me fear for the leads okay at all and i think it's because i was just so caught up in what does it all mean like i feel like the way that jordan peele sets something up like there's a there's a setup and there's a payoff and whether you get that payoff is up to whether or not you've done the mental and emotional like endurance training to get mm-hmm. there because as i'm walking out of this movie with my husband and mind you and we didn't have a sold out show which that's okay because in its opening weekend i think it made 70.3 million uh which is uh, one of the highest grossing figures for a horror movie in a very long time so kudos to you jordan peele for uh breaking breaking that barrier down for us horror junkies out there but I think the biggest takeaway for me from this was I hadn't I had the thought that he was once again going to make some social commentary about race relations because I mean it's it's something obviously very near and dear to him as mm-hmm. you know Key and Peele often made you know, jokes about that. And he has been very public about his thoughts and stances on a lot of those types of things. And Get Out was kind of his mind baby of, hey, do you want to know what's really scary? Life for black folks, like, right now. And here I thought, once again, we were going to get another, like, nugget of that. And he didn't hone in. So now it it's not necessarily... The oppressed are not just one, mm-hmm. like he is yep. talking on a grander scheme of oppression and you know and regression and all of that and it's and it's actually very, very philosophical this thriller and don't get me wrong, there are elements of psychological horror and fear, and there's definitely you know some murder that is happening in the film, but the bigger picture of it really is the true character of the piece so i actually okay. so i actually feel like sis like if you came to my house when this came out and we watched it at like 3 in the afternoon like with pizza with my lights on like i feel like you could actually get through this film and, I mean, and I feel like every time that the tension was high enough where, like, you would get, like, a really big jump scare. Because, I mean, like, when the family descends, the strangers that you see in the, the trailer up on the thing descend on the house. Like, there are probably in that scene maybe two-ish jump scares that, like, any horror junkie would be like, yeah, they're going to do that. But then after that, like, the horror kind of takes a backseat to the the larger scheme and... Very much like Get Out, where like you felt uneasy, and because you didn't see Get Out, <laughs> you don't know what. Oh, it, I feel uneasy about it though. Right. So I mean, like from just the trailer, right?
0: And so, I felt real uneasy about the Us trailer. Well,
2: yes. So I mean, so I mean, from the trailer, you clearly see that you know you've got Lup- uh, Lupita Nyong'o, and then there's the others, the uh, the Us that are in red, and they literally are the family mm-hmm. there's more to it than that and you know like I said at first I thought there's like psychological like something's happened to the family and they're like experiencing a core raw part of themselves and in a way I'm not wrong but it really plays a really good twist game like I said I feel like M. Night Shyamalan should like sit with Jordan Peele because I mean there are, there's certainly a, a plot a twist in the movie and I'd say actually technically there's like two And they're both so worth me not spoiling it, so I'm not going to. But, wow. Wow, wow, wow. It really kind of makes you think about the things that you do in your personal life. And, like, think about the interesting ways that the things that you do affect other things and people. So I'm going to say it like that. And, I mean, a lot of other people thought, oh thought they were going to play this whole us versus them mentality, and they kind of do. They are playing with the 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 red versions as, like, the other, like the monster of the film. But okay. I would like to redirect that and, you know, for those who have seen the movie, pose the question, maybe the monster isn't those we look at. Okay. Maybe the monster is in the last place you'd ever think to look. Maybe that is a better, better way of me stipulating that. But there was some some strong comedic points that really did cut through. Like I said, any moment that where I felt like a, a jump scare would really happen, if this was like a true, true to nostalgic horror movie, like a joke would come in. Like, and it wouldn't even be like a bust, a belly gut laugh. But it was, it was, I think, Jordan's way of saying, by the way, don't forget that I'm, like, funny. Sort of. Like, like, at the very end of Get Out, which I'm sure you probably saw clips of it, like, when the, the black guy, Chris, the protagonist, is confronted with his girlfriend who, you know, had planted him there. And, like, was Mm -hmm. part of the whole shtick. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Get Out. But... At the end of it, she gets taken out, and she's, like, slowly dying, and she's kind of like a sociopath because she's, like, smiling as she dies because, you know, like, he's hurt, so she thinks he's gonna end up dying anyway, but, like, she's so above this in her own mind, so she doesn't care, but there's these flashing lights in the background And, you know, you don't know who it is. So in your mind, at least when I was watching, I was like, fuck, the cops are going to show up and see that all these white folks have been viciously murdered. And there's only one black dude out in the woods like this doesn't look good. And apparently the original ending for Get Out would have been less, less good for Chris in the end because he would. I think they showed scenes of him in prison talking to his black friend, Rod, you know, Mm -hmm. through the glass because he's like, no one believes me. Even though, like it's true, and like they he, he and they tested it and it just didn't go well, but you know, so at the end of this, you see the flashing lights and it's his friend Rod from the TSA, right? And I mean, and T and Rod throughout this whole movie has had several really good scenes where he's like, "I'm T S motherfucking A," like I get shit handled, even though we all know what the TSA can be yeah. like. You know and stuff so like they kept bringing him back in and he comes in at the very end because like he figures it all out it it does some serious detective work and like chris is like how did how'd you find me and like you know and like the lights are flashing it's dark and isolated it's dead silent and he just turns to chris and he's like because i'm the ts motherfucking a and i get shit handled consider this handled Right? So, like, it's kind of like, so, like, those moments, those truly tenseful moments, Jordan likes to pull it back and be like, by the way, it's real, but it's not real real. And it felt like every time that happened in us, we got a joke. And while it wasn't as impactful as, you know, the TSA joke line, like, he always brought you back out enough so that you could be like, okay, that was kind of irky, but I'm not terrified. I didn't walk out of us going like, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, not in, like, a, like, I mean, walking, well, I didn't go to the theater to see Get Out. I watched it from my house, but literally, mm-hmm. watching Get Out, I literally was like, husband, I can't sleep with you tonight because of solidarity for my people. <laughs> so, you right, need to sleep right. on the cat. Like, but this just kind of made me go, whoa, damn. But there was so, no, I, there so was no buildup. So, should see us. I strongly recommend that Whether you're a fan p- of horror or not. Or not. So I mean like if you're not, go to a matinee show, go to like a two fifteen show. On a sunny day. On a sunny day, go with like eight of your friends. Plan to go to like your favorite restaurant after so that you guys can like discuss in circles and shit. Because a Disney movie. You know, if you really feel like you need to cushion the blow, watch some Arthur, watch some Vines, whatever you gotta do. But it's not like it I slept really good. Yes, last night. Like okay. I did not, and where Get Out kind of left me feeling like uneasy a little bit because of how real, real it was. And while I'm not saying that Us doesn't paint this in a really realistic way, like if this were to happen, well then fuck, we deserve it. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say about that. Okay, but but I it did it did leave a stronger philosophical question buried in my heart. Which gives me a stronger appreciation for, for Jordan Peele, personally. And I can't wait to see what he does with The Twilight Show. Cause All right. Because he's got that now. All
0: right. Well, there you have it. Us. Go see it. Go effing see
2: it.
1: The next clip has Ninja talking about sexism as it relates to the recent Riot Games controversy. This year's Super Bowl halftime show and other matters.
0: I'm moving right along outside of that noise there's also been some mm, I don't want to call it controversy but it's it's definitely like I'm catching whiffs of gamergate and it makes me very nervous so there's Oh again? Yeah, so there's <sighs> an interview that's been done and it's kind of like a documentary series about all the stuff that happened at Riot and all the claims of sexism and misogyny and all kinds of other stuff remember like i want to say that it was late in the summer it might have been early in the summer where some stories of different women who had left riot and some who were speaking anonymously because they were still there talking about situations working their superiors or other people on their team who were male were openly and brazenly sexist in how they treated Women on their teams, how difficult it was for women, especially in the engineering group, to really gain any respect or be treated with respect at any point in time, to actually get paid similarly to what their counterparts were being paid, to not be subject to, quote unquote, locker room talk all Mm. the time. Because, you know, many of us in the industry, we've known Riot to be very much uh, a bro space. And the founders were definitely bro-bros, if you know what I mean. And so it wasn't surprising to many of us. The backlash against many of the women that were speaking up and speaking out was. And so Riot released a statement and said that they were going to look Look into the situation and investigate. You know, and some people had to step down. Some people were reassigned. Some people left the company. You know, but they've been very, very silent about exactly what they've been doing internally. Just pretty regularly communicating that, you know, they really have been, you know, diving deep and, and evaluating themselves and putting things in place to build the kind of culture that they want to do. And so a trailer for this, I believe it's a three-part docuseries, episodic thing that's going to be on the web. And the way that the trailer was cut, it I don't want to say victim shamed, but it oh, definitely but it sounded like you could take it in a way where it sounded like, "Oh, these broads again are going at it." Look, here we go, guys are filth. After the trailer had gone out and some of that feedback had gotten <laughs> <out> to them, <laughs> nice I was trying to find words. Yeah yeah, 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 they pulled the trailer, and the guy that cut it, uh, his name was Lucas. You know, said that you know he didn't really want to imply anything other than you know this this honest look at what was happening and and didn't mean for it to read that way and really encourages everyone to you know watch the whole thing and frankly i think it was cut that way to kind of draw up that kind of reaction so that focus and press would be put on this web series that's going to come out because it's hard to sell a web series so i i didn't find it very genuine But it did start bringing out, once again, the very big male ego toxic masculinity things... And anyone that was even remotely questioning it and saying, hey, if you feel kind of attacked by these statements, maybe you should examine why you feel attacked because they're not talking about you, but something in this description is making you feel like you are being personally attacked. So maybe look inward and then immediately the very sexist, you know, you're not even part of this community and you're not part of what we are, you don't know anything, sit down, shut up, make me a sandwich. You know, stuff started running and then it going off into the deep end where it becomes even more super negative. And it's just really disheartening, again, to to kind of be back in this place of once again having to defend a stance of it's not my sex is better than your sex. It's that my sex is just as equal as your sex. Just like my race is just as equal to your race. Your just as, like, pick the thing off the list. We're all in this pot together, okay? We're all potatoes, okay? Yeah. Ain't no celery, okay? We're all potatoes. We're all desirable, okay? And what most people are saying is, hey, most of the guys working at this particular organization were not subject to females in a position of superiority making sexist jokes in their direction that they just had to suck up being forced to go out on outings because if they didn't they wouldn't be seen as a team player and that would affect whether or not they actually got bonuses guys didn't have to put up with that so all we're saying is hey maybe just maybe things aren't equal and we should look at making them equal like two people with the same title with the same experience working on the same project should be making the same monies (gasps) what that's all that's all that's all Hmm. and i think that that's you know a fair thing to look at in a company are we efficiently staffing projects and are we efficiently and equally paying people for the work that they do that's a fair thing. I agree. It does. Not yes, require I strongly agree. in the kitchen make me sandwich type statements. So, <sighs> it definitely brought back, you know, shades of Gamergate for me um in seeing those reactions and I actually had a friend reach out to me through Messenger that was like, "Hey, there's some stuff going down right now, very Gamergate juniorish, and I'm I'm just like telling everybody that I know to like be safe." lock down your passwords, lock down your accounts. And I was like, it's a damn shame that I have to get a message on the download telling me to protect myself because I am a female in the gaming space because there might be some vitriol coming my way simply because I am a woman in this space. And it's so infuriating right where, like, you're coming off the back of the Super Bowl where Microsoft aired another one of their... Inclusive labs, game controller, ads showing kids with different disabilities being able to use the controller and play games and talk about their experience playing games. And even having some of their their parents, which I'm going to admit, I got completely, completely teary-eyed when the parents of one of the kids were like, you know, we were really concerned for our son you know, as far as, you know, how people would treat him, you know, because he's just a kid. And oftentimes he doesn't get to be a kid. But when he gets to play with people, he's a kid just like everybody else. And, like, the dad gets a little, like, choked up. And you could see him getting teary-eyed. And I'm like, that's a good dad. And then we are all the same when we play. And because we play together, it doesn't matter because playtime is beautiful. All jokes aside, it really is. And so I, I thought that it was... Amazing of Microsoft to spend the kind of money that they needed to spend in order for that to be a Super Bowl ad, and for them to lead with that as their Super Bowl ad, and not, you know, any kind of pitch on twins beer. Well, bros being bros before bros being bros and all that kind of stuff. Which bros being bros, actually, there was less of that problem, but there was less of that really, in the commercials, which was great. But, you know, when you think about it, they have a couple of big games that are coming out on their platform. And instead of spending those millions and millions and millions of dollars to advertise those games during the Super Bowl, which is where, you know, the most chunk of eyeballs are for any one singular sporting event outside of, you know, Olympics and things like that, that they spent that money focused on pushing... Gaming for everyone, as opposed to pushing Crackdown, which releases, or Jump Force, which releases. You know, and Crackdown's a console exclusive. But they they didn't put that budget there. They put it someplace else. really kind of signified to me that they're thinking about the community differently at Xbox. And it's not, because, let's be honest, like, I love Crackdown. Yeah, you do. I, I love that game. I, I'm excited for the game to come out. I I can't wait to play it. But it is a very, when you think about it, dude, bro, game, right? You're you're trying mm-hmm. to soup up your agent so you can just basically go around and be Superman and punch buildings with your bare hand to rubble and blow stuff up. It is it's like Bad Boys and Fast and Furious and Terminator had a baby. It is very, very, whoa, which is great. One of the reasons why I enjoy it. And it would have fit in very well, especially with Terry Crews, who at one point in time did play in the NFL. It would have been very easy, simple, and frankly, if I was on the marketing team, probably would have been a slam dunk pitch for me that that would have been the game to lead with to do the ad. And so I just I give Microsoft a lot of uh, credit for, for going with that angle as opposed to the dude blow, bro, blow him up. You know, it, it definitely shows that deeper thinking was going on with the marketing team and I respect that. Also go Pats, what's up? Dynasty continues. <laughs> okay. I, I'm dude, I'm I grew up north of Boston. There's no way I'm not slipping one of those in.
2: <sighs> I'm it's not happening. good at sports. I'm not I'm not a good Bostonian, as I think I've said several times on this show. Like I've never you been like to a ball. games. I I like, I, I I will watch Puppy Bowl faster than I'll watch the Super Bowl. I Yo. do like the commercials. I heard the uh, halftime show was a bust, and there's a whole, mm-hmm. there's like a meme now of uh, white dudes putting their state on their belly because, you know, Adam Levine has a California tattoo on his belly. You know, so, I, don't, like,
0: I don't really want to get into Adam Levine because then I have to get into Janet Jackson, and that's not this podcast. I do want to get back, back into game stuff because... Uh, We could spend a whole amount of time really tearing that halftime show, A New Asshole. Uh, It could almost become its own podcast series. Um, If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's a train wreck of a halftime show. And it just made me wish that Prince was still alive and would just come back and just always do the halftime show, period. And R.I.P. Prince. Okay.
1: Next. Ninja goes on a tirade about which games deserve to be included in last year's Game Show Awards.
0: Okay, and it's my gaudy game of 2018 because it's been out for a big fucking chunk of 2018 as opposed to at the time that the Game Awards come out. I don't think Red Dead will even have been out a month because it came out on, what, the week before Thanksgiving? Right. Or was it the second week of November? Because uh, it came out on a Friday. I remember that. And I can't remember if it was before Veterans Day or after Veterans Day.
2: But I think I, it was... I don't rightly remember.
0: Yeah, I would have to look it up. But, I mean, that's just... Again, this is where I go, this is bullshit. This 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 one actually has me bullshit. Because that's just not fair.
2: It's just not fair. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, I agree. I mean, out of out of all of them, because um, I've I've definitely seen Celeste played. I believe my husband played Celeste for quite a while, and I was very intrigued with what was going on with that. I mean, I definitely like you believe it should have been in that category. As as for God of War, I don't I don't believe Odyssey really should be should be in that lineup, um, uh-uh. and. It, for my early prediction right now, I, I think you're right. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to end up taking that, which I feel like, in my opinion, I would prefer to see that go to Spider-Man and, and or to God of War. And I actually kind of feel like I would lean more on the side of Spider-Man for this only because, one, I think a lot of people really praise that we finally had a Spider-Man game where Spider-Man felt like Spider-Man, very much in the same vein of how the... Dark Knight Arkham games really made Batman feel like Batman, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, I think it, it did something for its franchise. of Spider-Man games were like, you know, the web slinging just didn't feel right and the character didn't feel right and everything that's happening in the city didn't necessarily feel right. And like, they finally had the right combination of writing direction and, you know, UI and mechanics to really make it feel like an authentic representation of Mm -hmm. a fandom. Yeah. And I think that's what people resonate the most with Spider-Man. And, I mean, and, like, for... This other game to come through, and don't get me wrong, I haven't played Red Redemption 2 yet, and it, you know, I could have a come-to-Jesus moment with that, but I haven't had it yet, so therefore I remain unbiased until I get my hands on it, which I'm getting my copy soon, and I'll start that, but I also feel like, you know, I don't know if there's anything innovative... To that world that they could do. I mean the 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 morale
0: system being in there and the and in, is interesting. I just think so. So I looked it up. So I was wrong. I was off. Red Dead came out October twenty sixth. So it came out at the end of October. So it's been out for this month. Okay. Okay. It's been out for a month and a couple of days. And it's in the 2018 awards. And it's going to sweep every category it's in. And that pisses me off because I don't think it's fair. Because it's up not only for Game of the Year, but it's also in the narrative category. And we'll talk in depth about all of this stuff. But it's up in the in the narrative category against Detroit Become Human, Life is Strange 2, God of War, and Spider-Man. It's in the gaudy category, which I don't you know think is cool. It's in the performance category. So it's uh, Roger Clark is up against uh, Brian Deckert, uh, who was uh, Connor in Detroit, yep. and Christopher Judge, who was Kratos in God of War, and Yuri Lowenthal in in the Spider-Man game, okay? Like, it just, it's, I don't think it's fair for, it's up in action uh, adventure, so psh, Spider-Man's not taking that, neither is God of War, neither is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, like, there's just... a. I don't think it has enough time. No, I don't think and it's And so to your enough. point, you know, like, it's an art direct. It, and don't get me wrong, it's an amazing game, but it's been out a month. Okay, being out a month before the award show happens in the year to say that it's the game of the year when it's only been out for a month? I don't think that that's cool. So to your point, I do think that, you know, for Jeff and his team... I really, 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 really need put them at the to same like. Time,
2: though, sis, like, do you, do you, you know, in his position and his team's position, put your foot down with one of the biggest and long-standing? Because in the wake of all this, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of big houses, like, yep, many have rock stars where, a big house. Yep. Like, do you say no power that bee, halt? I think and then, you and say then, and then upset that beehive. Like, I you don't think come you say Beyonce. you don't come for Beyonce.
0: First of all, you don't go for the beehive, and I wouldn't do anything against Queen Bay. What all I'm saying is, is that Rockstar's if like you make the, it is like the Beyonce of games. No, they're not. No, they're not. You can take a step back, sit down. No, they're not. Um, Sorry. So, like, they come <laughs> up with a game once every seven years when they're finally like, eh, I think we're done making billions with this thing. Because when was the last new Grand Theft game? I mean... When was the last Red Dead game? So, no, they're not. Beyoncé be coming out with the hits all the time. So, there's no true. comparison. Okay. Take it a step back. I think that as long as you're fair across the board and say, you know what, in order... Because, like, every other awards show does this. In order for your thing... To qualify, like it has to be out for this period of time before the award shows happen. And a month just isn't fair. Okay, so if you say your game has to be out, it has to be out. For at least a quarter before the award. For at least... Fuck it, for at least 90 days before the award show hits in order to be qualify for that year. Because I'm not saying it shouldn't qualify for a game show, because it should. But it should be up for 2019, not 2018, because it came out in October, and the award show is in December, the first week. You will have been up for like a month and two weeks. You're not and don't get anxious. me wrong, they've had crazy great sales. Okay. But crazy great sales does not necessarily mean game of the year. I mean, there's no category that says made the most money. Right. You want to be like balling out of control award? Like, do that. Have that. All I'm saying is you got to be fair. So, like, if you were just like across the board, like, this is it. This is what we're setting in stone. These are the guidelines. Because it's your award show. You can make the guidelines whatever you want. Okay. So, if you say, hey, you know what? Your game actually has to be out in the market for at least 60 days before the award show is going to hit, in order to qualify for this year, I think everybody goes, okay, we understand that, so like, after this year, I'm not saying boot it out now, but I'm saying like, after this year, for 2019, they should be like, hey, we're changing things up, because we want this to be a fair thing, so everyone should consider this, that in order to be considered for the current year's award show, your game has to be out, Like live, not Golden Master, but actually out, purchasable to the consumers, for at least 60 days before the award show airs. And the award show is going to air between this date and this date in December. Because it usually, you know... It was within the first two weeks.
2: Yeah, but you you do you do realize that if you stip- if you stipulate something like that, that there are some there are some people who would not be up for consideration for for that year. Of time. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't be considered for no, next because year. Rockstar, like you said, takes like on average five to seven years to release a game, which means there'd be big chunks of time before we even see them competitively, right. and there are and other again- studios that also take some time to get through and then and then what about indies like i feel like you know you've got some indies who it takes them so long it does but you know what as long as you're kind of hurting some of the some of the little guys as well as some of the big guys guys, this shouldn't
0: hurt anybody because we're saying right now before we even start 2019 that hey your game has to be out 60 days before the award show airs that's not pushing anybody to be like get your game out in 2019 because guess what 2020 happens All I'm saying is a month of your game being out shouldn't allow your game to be entered into the game of the year category. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I have no problem, like I do, but I can get over because I can understand. I have no problem with Red Dead Redemption being in so many categories because it does look like an amazing game. But you can't be out for, for 40 days and be game of the year. There's more than 40 days in the year. Like, you've been out for, like, a 12th of the year, and your game of the year. You're successful. But, like, you gotta have some time, okay? It'd be like somebody blowing up on The Voice right now and being eligible for a Grammy if the Grammys were held next month. Like, you don't even got a contract deal, dude. Like, you just now blowing up. So all I'm saying is, I don't think that it's fair for a game that has less than sixty days out in the public to be eligible for game of the year okay i if you're gonna include it, I've no problem with it being up in the action category, and the performances in the great game are great, but I think if you're gonna be considered for game of the year, you gotta be out for a good chunk of the year. you gotta be playable for a good chunk of the year. That's all I'm saying, okay, now what that chunk is? I don't know. We can have that conversation. Is it 60 days? Is it 90 days? I just think it should be more than 40. I agree. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Because they announced categories like a week ago. So again, the game was out for less
2: than a month. I'm sure there was always going to be the intention of including certain games into this. Dude, I I was sure that they were going to
0: include Red Dead Redemption 2 in Game of the Year before the game even came out cuz like we knew what the ship date was going to be. So I'm sure it was already going to be in this category. Like in all honesty, I'm pretty sure that every single game that's in the category was like, yeah, this is going to be up for game of the year for sure before the games even came out, probably with the exception of Celeste. I think Celeste was kind of a sleeper hit that popped up and they were like, we got to put it in here cuz it did so well and it is so beloved. Yeah. But like the hype for all those other games pretty much dictated that they would be in here. So all all I'm saying is I think that in order to be fair, your game should be out for more than 40 days. Actually playable by people, because people are supposed to determine this. And so what's going to happen is because it is an open vote, you can go to the to the website right now and vote in every category. Red Dead's just gonna sweep every category that it's in. Because everybody's playing it right now, so the memory is fresh because it just came out right and that i think is unfair okay that's like the hot it boy of the moment getting like all the endorsement deals because he's the hot it boy of the moment even though beyonce been slaying forever I'm really upset because I found out too late that Ruby Rose was doing a set here in Boston because I love Ruby Rose for many, many reasons, not just the fact that she's sexy as fuck. I mean, a bang, bang, a bang it a bang. A bang, bang, bang it a bang. bang, bang. I, I actually like some of the DJ sets that she's put together. So she was spinning uh, at Royale here in town, and I didn't find out about it until an hour into the show. So I was really upset because I was like, I maybe would have gotten out of my pajamas and gone out on a Friday instead of being lame. But that didn't happen.
2: Ah. What are you going to do? What you I mean, if I had play? known, because I was in Somerville on Friday night, you could have told me, and I would have been like, maybe I'll meet you there. But then I was like, nah, I'm just going to go home. You don't meet me no place unless you come
0: in already. Let's let's not play. If, if you and I don't already have plans, and I hit you up, and I'm like, let's do this. Your response is, okay. Or, can we do this some other time? That's typically your responses.
2: Yeah, but I was already out. So, like, that's my thing. Like, if I get, if I get to home base, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. if,
0: I get, if I get to home if base. I get to
2: home base, I'm taking mm-hmm. a nap. Like. What? And not even that. Like, if, and this is, this is just the trick of the trade for, I'm feeling like most women. I'm just generalized. If this is not pending to you, that's fine. But in my experiences as a lady. Oh, like, a lady. This, a lady, a woman with a vagina. Uh-huh. Like. My day could be super, super hard, and if I have taken my bra off, oh, if the bra was off, no, that, I am not a, going nowhere. I'm
0: going to tell you right now that is that is primarily a universal truth for just about every woman on the planet. When when the bra comes off uh, at home, like that's uh, you, you're, done. you're done, you're done, you're not going back out. And then and then if I'm going back out, I'm you're, getting
2: like you're I'm not. Get, I'm get, no, if I am, which there has you're getting been in, in your pajamas your to go to a drive-through real quick. <laughs> like if i have to put on a bra just because i'm wearing like a mesh t-shirt like it's like the frumpiest sports bra like i try to attract no attention i'm just trying to get my bk and go home right but if someone catches me and i have to talk to them i don't want to look like the people of walmart you know what i mean like oh. there's some decorum to me see that's why you
0: always got to keep a hoodie nearby So that way... (laughs) Like a tight-fitting hoodie just to hold the girl... No, it doesn't even have to be tight-fitting because you're not getting out of the car. You know what I'm saying? So you just need to have a hoodie to throw on real quick. Ball cap, boom, BK run, done. Nobody can see your eyes, they can't recognize you. It's dark, they can't recognize your car. No, no, look, if I'm going back out, I don't want to be messed with. I am going so incognito like you would think that there's like paparazzi like i'm going to set up a bot to just send things to my facebook so people think i'm still home like
2: i ain't trying oh, to beat up i coffee. have worn
0: my sunglasses at night to make a late night taco bell oh. run so you do what you got to do i feel you on the whole bra coming off thing cuz that's my line as well if if
2: but like if, but like if i'm out though like if i happen to like if someone convinces me and usually they have to give me a 3 day like, if you want to meet up on a Friday, you better text my butt on Tuesday and Seriously? give me like a two to three like day
0: before, before end after. of day, people. Like, yeah. it's so funny. I laugh at my husband because uh, a couple of weeks ago, a girlfriend of mine who is a decade younger than me, okay, hit me up at like seven o'clock on a Friday night. It was like, yo, we are going to Nix's Mate. You should show up. And I was like, yeah. uh, nope. No. I was like, and I had to do, like, the nice thing. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so sweet. I already have plans tonight, though. And she's like, no, we're, whoever you're with, bring them. And I was like, um, I'm in my pajamas with my dog, and I know Nix's mate does not like dogs. So it's all good. Plus, I've already been up in the last of my shandies, so... Next time, at least least she was considering. I know it was so cute. It was so nice, and I was like, "Next time, let me know like earlier in the week." Yeah, gotta gotta give me a couple of days. Catch me at lunch day of, and maybe like if you're
2: lucky, and I really like you, right? I will let you skip my thinking list.
0: Okay, all right. I'm I call shenanigans. I'm gonna I want to hit it with a shillelagh. First of all, okay, I spend a lot of time. Trying to keep my information like mine and private and and not like available. Like I still have one of the old school passports that doesn't have an RFID chip in it because it just makes me you know nervous that my entire identity is just you know a, uh, a beep a, away exactly a tap away. like it's just you know it's a binary. Why don't you just digit. Open
2: yourself up, and take it in the poop shoot.
0: <laughs> well, I mean that's another podcast, but seriously, okay, I don't want to have to like put a RFID chip on my phone and. Then tap it and like a business and transmit like information that's in my phone. Like, I get nervous, you know, thinking that you know, there are applications that if I put them on my phone and I use them, my entire contact list now becomes available to those people. You know, so I don't do a lot of Facebook Connect shit because that makes me just like really nervous. But I, at the same time, I'm kind of torn because I like the idea of being able to like pay for stuff via my phone. Like, for, seriously, like, the PayPal thing where you can take a picture of a check and it'll just put that money in the check? Like, that makes me fucking nervous. Like, what do you have a douchebag friend that's like, ha I just took a picture of your checkbook? Yeah, exactly. Fuck that shit. Yeah. So this kind of makes me leery in that same way. I don't want to have to put a sticker with an RFID chip on the back of my phone, tell it that it's okay for it to send my information over, and then be tapping, like, random terminals. And then and- what, if you're,
2: what if you're that person who fucking gets their phone stolen or lost and someone's using your information and your money. Like, seriously, I don't want to get emails where I can be like,
0: oh, thanks for learning AsianButtsUts4.com. I'm like, wait, no, I didn't. All I did was go out for some miso soup. What the fuck? Like, that makes me really nervous. It'd be really kind of funny if
2: you go into sushi, and you tap it, and they give you, like, you know, a coupon for Asian porn. I think that'd be kind of funny. That
0: would be funny. Asian fish for Asian fish. But, dude... That would be funny, but here, here's here's my, my 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 fear is that, you know, I go to pay for dinner at like, you know, Cheesecake Factory or whatever, but yeah, I get you know. home and now I'm I'm automatically signed up for their newsletter and I'm I've liked their page on Facebook when I didn't really have any intention of doing that. All I wanted to do was pay for it. And now I'm getting things mailed to me in the mail from them and other restaurants like that. They gave you coupons
2: for food there though. Like real, they're good food. I mean, that's
0: that's kind of that's but that I could be eat. a hindrance. but that's that's not that bad. I want to know that I'm opting in for that stuff. I don't want it to just happen in the background. I mean, if all of a sudden they like want if to I join I'd be
2: for- like, fuck yeah. Dude, if um,
0: I want to join your email club, I'm going to go and I'm going to join your email club. I don't want to be paying for gas, and then because I paid for gas, all of a sudden, I'm now getting, you know, emails about getting, my tires, you know, getting my tires rotated from Pip-Boys. Like, I don't... I, whoa. I, no, do not want... If I put my friends in this Well, room, your friends are different. If I put like, my hey, friends... Hey, 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 let's let's qualify this. Your friends are not the typical 20-something white dude. Girls, too. Right. Yeah. Okay? Because the typical 20-something white dude knows about the pit bull and is familiar with this
2: stuff. Okay, so your friends are not really the barometer, gonna, right? But you know, I'm very surprised that they did not have Eminem in there. I was too, just a little bit.
0: Like I would have thought I that, you know,
2: because that that would have just been, you know, that should have been like the finale song because he can spit.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm surprised by that as well. That's it's right, because really they're probably gonna, they're
2: probably gonna bring. Some I mean, it's probably gonna content. be his DLC,
0: but I would have imagined that. Because, man, I could... M would have been on disc. I mean, there's so much you can pick from. I mean, Stan
2: would be a great duet, one, for sure. You know, My I fault. Mean, I can do my fault. See? <laughs> I can do that. I can fuck that shit up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I said
0: it. You know, I mean... My name is... What? No, I'm just kidding. But, but exactly. It, you know, I'm, I'm...
2: Yeah, that's a good I Or place. Jay-Z. I
0: hadn't really noticed that. And, and I there was no
2: Jay-Z in there either.
0: Yeah, there, there wasn't any Jay. That's true. I wonder all, why. Which was kind of surprising.
2: You know, Maybe he'll do a giant downloadable comp. At, you know. Well,
0: I think that probably the reason why you don't see M and J is because they're tied pretty tightly to DJ Hero. Probably. And so that may be, now, yeah, as I have, think about but it. Yeah, but there's only
2: certain songs from them on the, well, maybe in the second one we'll hear a lot more from well, them. Well, you got to
0: remember, you know, they did the branded uh, Renegade Thing, and then they re- they issued the album, and then there are two sets. There's the Jay-Z mix-up set, specifically, that's pointed out in DJ Hero 1, and the same thing with um, M. There are a bunch of tracks that are mixed with M yeah. songs. Um, so it probably has to deal with however their contract was written up for Guitar Hero of how their music appears in other music genre based rhythm maybe. Games.
2: maybe and maybe that.
0: that's that's what kept them out because yeah it, it's surprising there's, there's no J there's no M yeah okay you've got some biggie but you really like the only puff daddy song you can hate me now yeah, it or was hate me now, about, or all about and the Benjamins. all about the Benjamins. Although, hate me now is really the only Diddy song because Benjamins is an whole, Yeah, it wasn't just like crush of, on you. Yeah. is was little season, little, little Kim, Kim. You know, but what kind of surprises me is that you know the only DMC on there was Run's house. Yeah, and the only Beastie Boys track on there was, was Brass, Brass Monkey. Monkey. Yeah. Like, why not Paul Revere? Why not Paul Revere? Okay. Like, if, if, to be honest, you know, or, um, you gotta fight.
2: I think that comes off, I think when you hear that, it sounds more rocky than rappy. Right, but I I we're talking about
0: Def Jam Pioneers.
2: Yeah. Okay. I think they should have had more songs by them for sure, but yeah. maybe not that And one, it's like, a short like said,
0: playthrough that. on career, especially career solo. You know, I blew through it in what? Uh, oh, a couple I, hours? Yeah, about an hour and a half, two yeah. hours. Because
2: she just wouldn't drop the mic; she wouldn't let it go.
0: No, because I was gonna get you to play with me. And I sort of kind of coerced you a little bit.
2: Yeah, a little bit. On one song,
0: yeah. And you kept throwing the mic back at me.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, hmm. progress, baby steps. Right. Baby steps. I'm just trying to help help you stay black, kid. I know, because you know eventually they're they're gonna do what they did to Michael Jackson. I'm not gonna but, have any. But here's black
0: here's ultimately my kind of take on the game. Don't take my melanin. <laughs> Melatonin. Yeah, that that oh. too. Yeah, you're melanin, your melatonin. You don't want to. You don't want to lose it. No, I don't. I want to keep it.
1: Finally, the girls talk about products that can be purchased at a delicatessen, but I don't believe they're discussing lunch here.
0: Just, just put your big old first party dick on the table <laughs> and make me, and make me go. Oh, that's oh. big, and it's got some girth too. Ooh, ooh, and it curves just. Just the way to like it. it to the that's what I need. Because it's felt like for the last 3 years they've come to the table and like tried to put a salami in their pants to be like, "Yo, I got hey, a big dick." And they're not- like, first of all, that's a salami. I it's mean, like- you can put it on the table and I'm going to eat it, but don't play like that's your dick. It's a salami."
2: Right, because then you'll give me really really bad expectations that I can right. like bite through penises. <laughs> And I really shouldn't because you go to jail for that. Don't, don't bite. Don't, don't bite. I don't want to go to jail, but don't put meat in your pants that can
0: be consumed. <sighs> all I'm saying is put up or shut up. And that's what I need from. I mean, from you could have just said here. that instead no, of. No, I like the big and dick metaphor. I mean, sure. Because I'm all out of coffee.
2: <laughs> and with that, we have no more time for the show. Correct. So, if you enjoyed. <laughs>
1: That's it for this week's show. The sisters will return next week, so you can anticipate that. Until then, please check out our website at electricsistahood.com, Add us to your bookmarks so you can read all the stuff we're writing about throughout the week. The entire team posts news and reviews on the site, so make sure you hit it up. If you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can also read our articles on Apple News. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. Listen on our homepage on the web or use whatever app you use to listen to podcasts on your phone or computer. Just search for the Eshcast. You can also get it in Stitcher Radio, Google Play, vognetwork.com and pretty much anywhere you can find fine podcasts. If you enjoy our show and the stuff we write about, which includes video games, anime and general nerdery, make sure you enjoy the other voices in our network of shows. We feature shows like No Borders No Race. A podcast and website hosted by King Baby Duck over at b3crew.com. Smashbrook.com is helmed by Hamsterman2049, whose weekly video show can be found at twitch.tv/slash hamsterman2049. Check out his streams every Wednesday night. Make sure you listen to Phil the Issues Guy. Phil's recap and review is on YouTube. Call in and be part of the show. His archives can be found on his website at issuesprogram.com. Also be sure to visit the team at nerdcrave.com. They do all the nerd stuff. Everything you crave at nerdcrave.com. So bookmark all of our sites. Subscribe to all of our shows. You can comment on our social networks. Give us a follow and a like. Check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash electric sisterhood on Facebook at facebook.com slash landabesh, on Twitter and Instagram at ESH News, ask us questions, comment on the stuff that we post, share us with your friends, let us know if there are games or anime that you would like us to review, that's it for the business, for Ninja Sista and Pandelicious, I'm Siri, and always remember you are absolutely unique, just like everybody else.